The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz. Sponsored by our friends at the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here in Washington, D.C. A program that cuts through the chaos and confusion in the culture today by talking to kingdom citizenship, bold biblical principles for a robust public Christian life. And now your host, Dr. Greg Seltz. Good day, good day, Washington, D.C., and friends of the program all across the country. I'm Greg Seltz. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert. Today we're talking about Memorial Day, honoring the sacrifice of those who gave their lives so that we might be free. That's what I want to talk about today. If you take this seriously, it it actually makes you think about what makes life worth living. Uh, There are some things that are worth living and dying for. And there are some things that people have literally given their lives for so that we actually might have it. And that's what Memorial Day is all about. And then, of course, if you take the sacrifices of human beings seriously, then it drives you to ask the question, well, what is this message about the sacrifice of God himself who sent his son to live and to die and to rise again for us, to sacrifice everything for us so that we too might be not just free now, but eternally free with him. Memorial Day, if you if you take it seriously, that's kind of what it's all about. And I know that practically speaking, people are thinking, oh, it's summertime. They're thinking about baseball and apple pie, and they're thinking about all the vacations and things like that. It's kind of the beginning of that season. But even those practical things that you can do, even living in a country where you can have that kind of rhythm to life is because of the fact that people gave their lives so that you can be free. Now, originally, this day was called Declaration Day, and it was to honor the Union soldiers specifically uh, who gave their lives in the Civil War. But when you even think about the Civil War and you think about how many people died, 550,000 people gave their lives. And if you've ever been to Gettysburg, I've been to Gettysburg, and and then you look and then you realize how much carnage not only was there, but all throughout the United States at that time. It's unbelievable. And, And so when you think about what it was for, it was ultimately for freedom, um, freedom of the slaves, freedom of the American people, free to keep these principles alive, not just in the North, but also in the South. It was freedom and liberty that were at stake. And what you begin to realize that in this sinful world, freedom is not the the general way things are done or the general way things are honored. It's, it's actually the opposite. The world is a sinful world. The world's a broken world. In many ways, it's still a dark world. But the history of the world, man, for the kinds of freedoms we have today, they're relatively new and they've popped up in just the last several hundred years. And we should be thankful uh, to God for the precious freedoms he's given us this side of heaven and then also the precious freedom he gives us uh, forever in his son, Jesus Christ. So anyway, just some one thing to think about just is that freedom demands sacrifice because um, in order for it to be created, to endure, to be preserved uh, in a sinful world, uh, there are forces that don't want you to have freedom. They want you to be in bondage. They want you to be controlled. 
And, and our God is the God of freedom. Our God is the God of love. Our God is the God of grace. But on his terms, you know, it's a, well, that's for another program, but people talk about freedom. They talk about love, but very often it's by, it's their definition. Now the Bible talks about the moral component of freedom, the moral components of love and uh, the fact that they're, they're God's gifts to the world on God's terms. Um, those are things that a, a Memorial Day would, would remind us of, too, as they talk about the sacrifice uh, that's necessary for freedom, even temporal freedom, to be in our country. Now, Scripture, on a day like today, I think it's, it's good to go, go to the Scripture, especially because Romans 5 says it this way, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. So, you know, again, the idea that there were people who sacrificed so that even we could be free. Man, we should give thanks to God for that. Because more often than not, people are selfish and sinful. They don't want to sacrifice for anybody but themselves. And so to have a history where people have sacrificed themselves for the freedoms of other people. And we still see that in the military, especially today. I, I have a lot of friends who are in the military, a lot of friends who serve in the police forces of our country. I mean, they literally put their lives in danger all the time for the sake of others. That is a, that's an honorable thing. Yes, there's going to be bad operators in everything that we do today because we're all sinful people. But the fact is, when people go into those kind of vocations, wow, you should give thanks to God. Um, that, that there are people who are willing to do that. Otherwise, we'd all be left purely to ourselves uh, to defend those things that are precious to us. Now, you still have that responsibility if it comes down to it. But again, just to know that there are other people who are willing to put on the badge or put on the uniform because there are principles that they're defending even for you. So he goes, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. So that's rare indeed. Uh, though for a good person, someone might dare to die. But God... Demonstrate. So Memorial Day, if we take it seriously, it still should remind us of something even greater. And that's what Paul's saying. God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were rebellious people who were actually spitting in his face, Christ died for us. So the theme that I want to focus on today in our program is that freedom demands sacrifice, uh, not just commemoration. And, and that's because it's such a precious thing. And there's going to have to be sacrifices. It may not be sacrifice uh, wearing the badge or wearing the uniform or doing those kind of things. It might be the little sacrifices that you make for your family, for your friends, that allow them to live freely too. And then to challenge them to live sacrificially for the sake of others. That's a theme that I think we need to honor today. So it's not just barbecue today. It's not just put the ball game on today. It's also take some time and actually think this through. Oh, and by the way, you know, for those of you who have lost loved ones who served our country, we just want to say a prayerful thanks to you and and we have you in our thoughts and prayers because that is a sacrifice that it's hard to even imagine the pain that a Memorial Day might bring to you. Uh, except for the fact that you know they gave their lives in service to something even greater. And, and so we pray for you, and we pray that the heartache is, is not so overwhelming. You know, I've had people close to me that have served our country, and I've even had some people that were close to me that have given their lives. 
and I had a confirmand, a person actually, an eighth grader who I was privileged to actually, um, you know, grow his faith in Jesus Christ. This kid was a great, great kid. Uh, what a, what a, he was handsome. He was, he was a great athlete. He was a great student and, and he, um, went to the academy and, and went into the service and he lost his life in service as the, in the freeing of Iraq, you know, the Iraq war. And gosh, boy, that hit me because he was my confirm. I can still see his eighth grade face, you know? So for those who have uh, given up their sons and, and I don't know if we've had any daughters die in, in battle, but those who have given their sons and daughters up for service, that is a great sacrifice, and we honor you today as well. So again, the theme, freedom demands sacrifice, not just commemoration. And that's why I thought I'd read through an article with you. I love this article because he talks about one of the first things we need to do besides just commemorating is to give thanks, to actually give thanks for the freedoms that we have in this country. And so it's, it's an article by Kevin DeYoung. It's a couple years old, gospelcoalition.org. You can find it there. But I appreciated it because Memorial Day is a military holiday. I mean, we're celebrating people who've died in war. And sometimes uh, Christians are, are challenged. People will say, well, you're a Christian. I mean, aren't you guys the turn-the-other-cheek people, you know, the serve-your-neighbor people? How can you take up arms or how can you honor people who take up arms? And the answer is, well, the Bible actually speaks to that, and the Bible's not afraid of those questions. In fact, the vocation of soldier and the vocation of policeman and these kinds of things, those are godly vocations because God actually instituted those. Now, it's it's not because... Those things weren't in the Garden of Eden. If you go back, those, you know, family was in the Garden of Eden. There were certain things that were there that, that kept going forward even after Adam and Eve sinned and brought evil and rebellion into the world. But mankind, it said in Genesis, got so evil that God had to act, actually create an emergency organization, government, and the government's job ultimately was to bear the sword. And what that means is, to protect us, if you will, finally from ourselves. There's, there, there could, human beings can be so evil that only righteous, and I'm using that word relatively speaking now, only good people bearing the sword in government can stop them. One of the first things we should do is give thanks for Memorial Day. And he starts off by then saying, well, here's a couple reasons why. And the first one is because being a soldier is not a sub-Christian activity. And there are some Christians who actually sometimes say it is. Well, no. There are some people who are called into the vocation, if you will, of serving their country and putting on the uniform, or maybe even with the police force putting on the badge. And they're called to serve honorably, but they're called to do a very, very difficult thing. They're called to face up to evil with force. And um, it's to be the last resort. And so when God, when you differentiate these two, two works of God, the preserving work and the saving work, and you put them in their proper perspective, it's one of the reasons why a government should be limited. Uh, having force in the hands of sinful people, while necessary, uh, from a government point of view, having that force unlimited would actually be destructive too. So 
It, our founding fathers actually took the Bible's differentiation of these two things, the preserving act of government and the, the, the act of free people to serve and to care for one another, and differentiating those th- things. They, in some ways, took the Bible's view of those things seriously in such a way that uh, they created the greatest freedom, temporally speaking, that the world's ever known through the constitutional limitations of government, through the Declaration of Independence anchoring of freedom in the, in, in the fact that you're created by God. They did that, and, and they differentiated the preserving work that comes through government and the saving work that comes um, from people who are free, religiously motivated, and serving their neighbor. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty powerful thing. And so, by the way, those of you who talk about separation of church and state, I want you to know that that is a, we don't use the word separation because that implies uh, the degradation of the church or the sublimation of the church. No, it's differentiation of church and state. But if you actually believe that they're to be differentiated, if you differentiate those two, two things and honor both those things, that's a very biblical New Testament way of looking at things. Because Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. And oftentimes Caesar either has a uniform on or has a badge on. And so they have a righteous thing to do. Well, I hate that righteous implies that they're perfect. No, they have a good thing to do so that evil can be thwarted or a lesser evil thing to do so that ultimate evil can be thwarted. And so when we think about that, he says the first thing is um, give thanks so being a soldier is not a, a sub-Christian activity. In Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist talks about bearing the fruit of repentance, bearing works that show your repentance, and he talks to soldiers and says, here, do this. He doesn't tell them to not be soldiers anymore. He says, be good soldiers. Don't use force wrongly, that type of thing. And then later on, the centurion at the cross, the Bible actually picks out a soldier at the cross of Jesus as the first witness to the fact that Jesus was the Son of God, you know, confidently saying it for all to hear. Then even the life of a soldier, you know, the kinds of virtues uh, that soldiers need to have to be uh, good soldiers. And by the way, also in the West, coming out of the Judeo-Christian tradition, the biblical tradition, um, they came up with this notion of just war. Well, never before had we even thought about just war. War was war, and, and whoever won, they were the ones who determined what was just and what was unjust. And um, the, this world's been at war for many centuries. Well, then this concept of just war where you were not supposed to be able to just inflict your will on people, and then a just war was actually a defensive one. Well, where did that come from? That came from the biblical understanding of, of man's sinfulness, the biblical understanding of a limited government, the biblical understanding that, that even good government can't save you, and so war can never save, but it might be something that has to happen to prevent greater evil from happening. So Geneva Convention rules and all those things you can thank the biblical worldview for demanding those principles, if you will, in a civil society. And so he talks about in this article that a life of a soldier can demonstrate the highest Christian virtues, courage, daring, sh- service, shrewdness, endurance, hard work, faith, and obedience. And then also military service, he said, is one of the most common metaphors in the New Testament describe the Christian life. You know, we fight the good fight. We put on the armor of God and we serve as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And again, it reminds us of sacrifice as being essential to the creation and endurance of freedom. 
Now, the other thing, too, is that we can be patriotic on a day like today. Christians, though we have a dual citizenship, we can honor the citizenship of where we are. And I think our country needs to reaffirm these things. Because it's fashionable today to really um, not just be critics of our country, but to talk about how our country is somehow rotten to the core. And that's just, it's ridiculous. Because the very principles that, that people are using to critique the country are the principles that this country created for the first time in human history for the sake of a polity called constitutionalism. So we Christians know that even as great as this country is, it's still not God's kingdom. We get that. We understand that. But we can celebrate one even as we realize uh, there's only one kingdom that lasts forever. And so we have dual citizenship, but we're going to stand before God, as he points out in this article, as individuals who still are, you know, we're not going to be wiped of our earthly nationality. But we're going to be people with distinct languages, cultures, affinities, and homelands all bond, bound together now by a common faith in the God who created us and redeemed us. And that's a great thing. So on a day like Memorial Day, we can commemorate and, and, and memorialize the sacrifice that made these great principles come alive in our country and also drove us to think about the great salvation that only God could do in Jesus for all. And then we're thankful that we have the First Amendment freedom to, to preach that, to teach that, and to share that with others. So we do know that God's gift of, of eternal freedom is not to be uh, uh, coalesced or conflated with the earthly freedoms we have. We get that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't honor one or put one to work for the sake of the other. You know, people don't realize that that even the Christian message, the Christian message is in its essence a message of freedom. It's Christianity is ultimately not a religion. Religion is you do something for God to get God off your back, or you do something for God to prove that you're a good person and hope that he, you know, honors you in heaven. There's lots of religions. Christianity is a proclamation of freedom. And ultimately, that proclamation only is, is enduring because of what God did for people who were in bondage, real bondage, eternal bondage. He sent his son to live our life, to die our death, and to then rise to life, to give us his life as a gift. It's a declaration that in him you are free. Because of what he has done, you are free. So Christianity is ultimately a declaration of freedom. And the government, if you will, should be one that undergirds those freedoms. That's why I love our First Amendment. It's a religious liberty amendment, first and foremost, because it understands that religious freedom, freedom to worship the God who created and redeemed us, is the foundation of all other healthy temporal freedoms. And that's why the last thing this guy says in the article, so we can be thankful for Memorial Day, is that... He said the facts of history will demonstrate that on the whole, the United States military has been a force for good. And I, I agree with that. You know, I know that post-Vietnam, there's, it's more fashionable to say that's absolutely not true, but they're wrong. They're wrong. If you look at even what we were doing in Vietnam, in fact, I, I was privileged to serve some, some uh, folks when I, had, I served at the Cross-Cultural Ministry Center. I was the executive director of that, and I trained people to be Lutheran pastors here in America, but they came from all over the world. And two of my students, they were older than I was at the time, two of them were from South Vietnam. 
One was a government magistrate who ran for his life when we evacuated and the North Vietnamese came down and tried to obliterate everything. And the other was a special ops guy who fought for freedom but escaped finally uh, to America. And they talked about how precious it was that America fought for them and how they can't stand how the even the Vietnam War is, is talked about in our country. He said, we were at the brink of ultimate victory. And, and uh, I don't want to get into the Vietnam War here, but they, they talked about how then when America just thought they lost and left, it was just it was mind blowing to them because they had given their all and they had seen their soldiers of America give their all. And they were at the brink of a, a real enduring lasting freedom that in some sense was given up at that moment in time. And so to hear their rendition of that and the preciousness of freedom and then to even honor our soldiers and to say, thank God for them. We don't know where we would have been without them. That was really something uh, incredible to hear. So again, I think we need to, as a whole, look back and see some of the things, whether it's World War I, World War II, the Korean War, those kinds of things. They were all, um, in, in many ways, protect freedom of others' types of, of wars and America is one who seems to always be ready to do that for the sake of others. And that's something to be thankful for on a day like today. So thank God, you know, God's given us common grace in this country. The the First Amendment freedoms that we have are so precious. The Bill of Rights are so precious. And there are people who who literally gave their lives for those those precious gifts of God. In fact, those, I think, are precious gifts of God for all of us. But even on a day like today, those, that sacrifice reminds us of the ultimate sacrifice that um, we have been privileged to receive when our Savior Jesus gave his all for us. So in closing, just to think this through, be thankful for those who actually fought for the freedoms that you have today. And, and in that sense, um, that thankfulness uh, should should also drive you to think about the deeper issues of life, of what God has done for you and for me, not just temporally, but eternally. And then on top of that, not only commemorate today, but honor the, the sacrifices of, of people who have given their all so that you might be free. Uh, appreciate those sacrifices and try to come to grips with those sacrifices. I had a friend who I taught again to, he was from another country and he finally got his citizenship, his citizenship here in America. It's taken him almost 20 years. He did it legally, 20 years to get it. And he talks about how precious freedom is. And uh, he said he, he doesn't understand why we're doing some things in our country, he said, because his country did all these things and it literally bankrupted the country and destroyed his country and everybody then ran for their lives. And, and so he said, these things are precious here. And he's so thankful that there was a country that still maintained these things, protected these things, and made these things available to those who would come uh, and, and honor them. And it took him 20 years to do it right. That's one of the, re- well, I'm not going to get off on that, but he's a precious friend and he talks about how precious of the freedoms are that we have. So appreciate it. And then finally, commemorate these freedoms by being willing to sacrifice for the sake of others. And, and that may not be by putting on the uniform or putting on the badge, although those are very honorable things to do. But um, 
even in the little ways, the ways that you sacrifice, the ways that you actually sacrifice for your family, for your loved ones, for your wife, for your husband, for your children, for your relatives, those kind of things, for your community, so that they too might not only appreciate freedom, but actually live in freedom, worship in freedom, and then challenge them to also a life of virtue and a life of sacrifice as well. Because this freedom that we commemorate today, that that literally came from great sacrifice, it's to be cherished, it's to be honored, and it's to be willfully sacrificed for in our lives. So to that end, uh, a blessed Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend, and maybe even a Memorial Week to you all. Thanks for tuning in today. To get to know our LCRLDC work better, check out our website at lcrlfreedom.org. Contained there are resources to empower your public square dynamic discipleship. Till next time, God bless you always. I'm Greg Sells. Have a great week. You've been listening to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz, Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. This program has been brought to you by the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty. 